Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In our last tour, Jamila propositioned, like literally like put us on the meat market on stage and was just like, who wants to have a threesome tonight? I said, I said, whisper in our ear unicorn. Said, you whisper, yeah, whisper in the ear unicorn. I had like five women like unicorn, unicorn. Take your chance. $135 ticket could get you a make out. <laughs> With both of us. <laughs> we might throw Orlando in, too. Oh, my God. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. And it is the first week of, wait, it is the first Wednesday of May. Welcome to May. This month's theme is a good mom's guide too. And we will be unpacking all of the amazing stories and just inviting a few really amazing and dynamic guests to talk about motherhood, to talk about our book, which is officially on motherfucking sale right the fuck now. How do you feel? How do you feel? You have been a published author for one day. I feel liberated. I do. I, I feel liberated. You guys, we, I know you think you know all our business, but you don't. There's a lot of shit in here that I haven't felt comfortable sharing on the podcast. And for some reason, when I put pen to paper, I really felt like I could eloquently get it off my chest and be done with it. And I'm fucking done with it. And I really, I, recently, something came up in my life um, that really showed me that I'm done with it. You know, I'm really done. Like, I'm not affected any longer by the people and the things that have have hurt me. And And if you read the book, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you follow social media... <laughs> then you probably know what I'm talking about. I don't know. But anyway, I'm being cryptic because I want you to read the book. Um, but I feel good. How do you feel? Um, I do. I feel liberated. I feel that. I think that um, for a very long time we've been writing this book, and for a very long time only you and I had read it. <laughs> um, you and I and our and our editors and, you know, our editors – our some of like our, our our agents are not moms. Our editor is, and so you know, I was just really, I was anxious about the feedback that we would get and how our community would receive it. And not that I don't think it's good, but it's is a new. This is a new format for us. This is a new. Um, what is what's what I'm looking for? Well, you know, artists use different mediums. This mm -hmm. is a new medium for us. And um, you know, I had my best friend read it and she read it in one day and I was like, Ugh, you know, and she was like, I loved it. And then we've had a couple interviews. We had an interview with The Root and we had an interview with Essence and both of them, well, yeah, one of them read it and they really loved it and she really uh, resonated with it. So, the more I get a little bit of feedback, I'm like get feeling more confident and I do. I feel liberated. I feel liberated in my truth. I feel liberated and this is what I'm here for and you know, you you may relate, you may not, but you going to get this book and I hope that you guys have gotten it because I don't know if you guys know this, but authors only can become best-selling authors. They have one week. They have pre-sales and they have a week. And right now, we only have about four more days until our sales are in. And if we've never asked you for anything, please, 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 please. This is a huge project for us. And we really need your support. If you listen to us, if you just started listening, 
not a lot of black women get to become first-time authors, and this was pretty divine. So if you're listening right now, stop bullshitting. Go to goodmomsbadchoices.com. Click the book link on the drop-down and pick your poison. You can pick, You can order from Barnes & Noble. You can order from Target. You can order from Amazon. And you can order from a black-owned bookstore, Malik's, which are selling signed copies. And you can support two single black women, moms, first-time authors. Yes, it's true. We are shamelessly begging. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, we have really put a lot of our business out here. Um, a lot, mostly for ourselves because it's cathartic. But if, if, if any of the stories that we've shared have, have helped you, have resonated with you, have assisted you through any part of your journey, like I really, really, I really just want to ask you to support us in this momentous moment for us, you know, and our tribe is really important to us. And we don't ask you just to say like, yeah, just buy the book and that's it. We have a lot of offers for you, offerings for you guys too. Once you buy the book, if you go on our website, which you can just click the link in this episode description, you get a ton of freebies. After you buy the book, you put your order number in and boom, you get a bunch of shit in your email address from Actually, I'm not going to put it all in out. your email address. I mean, in your email. Jesus Christ, my brain. Um, you get a lot of you got to you get a lot of free stuff because we are all about um, reciprocity. Is that the word? Reciprocity. We are all about reciprocity, and um, we want to keep giving you the things that you need, the things that have helped us. And um, I'm just really excited for you guys to read this book. I'm really nervous, but I'm really, really excited. Um, we're also doing a giveaway. If you want to enter the giveaway, we're giving away a free trip to the Good Vibe Retreat in Mexico in July when you purchase the book. So we're going to select one woman. You do not have to be a mom, just a woman. Um, once you purchase the book, you can click the link in this episode description and upload your receipt to enter the giveaway. And we are announcing the winner on Mother's Day. So I'm just really excited to be able to offer you guys so many things. Um, and in exchange, I am asking you for your support. And for those of you who already pre-ordered the book and you got it in the mail yesterday, the deepest thank you. Um, please read it. And as you read it, please let us know how you feel about it. Um, send a story. Actually, I really want everyone to share their bad choices. Like if you've, if you've had any bad choices, like please add us and tell us because I just want to, I want to, I want to read it along with you. I want to, I want to feel how you feel. I want to know if it resonates and um, if it does resonate, what parts, and that will make us feel really good and know that the work that we're doing is, you know, being received. We rare, like, you know, we get to hear from people in DMs, but if you're like hesitant to reach out or you think it's weird, it's not. <laughs> we're friends and I want to know. I want to know your feelings and like what came up for you. These things are important to us. Please connect with us on our socials and um, let us know, you know, how you feel about the book and all the, all that good stuff. Um, yes. All those things. Sorry. What? Nothing. I was just going to say it's affirmation time. And because we have so many affirmations in our book, and it's May, and it's a good mom's guide, May. I am going to I – have, I have a couple – well, fuck, I lost my – I was going to just like scroll and then see where it stops and then read that part, and I did it before we started, and now I lost it. I'm going to have to find it again. But I'm going to do that for the affirmations, unless you have a special affirmation. You no, go for it. Okie dokie. This affirmation is advocating for and keeping my peace is my birthright, and no one comes before me when it comes to my well-being. Advocating for and, and keeping, keeping my peace is my birthright, and, and no one, one comes before me when it comes, comes to, to my well-being. Mm, mm, mm. I think that is like a major challenge for most moms is is really advocating for yourself, you know, and and not feeling guilty about putting yourself pleasure, yourself love, whatever that looks like for you first. You know, society tells us that. Motherhood is, is is a sacrifice. It's sacrificial, that we are sacrificial lambs. That is really <laughs> the narrative that has been painted, unfortunately. And, you know, even in this book, we really challenge that aggressively um, and really advocate for you to change your mindset because 
you can't be a good mom when you are running on empty. You cannot be a good mom when you are giving everything to everyone else and putting yourself last. You know, these are things that seem really basic, right? Like you see these things on social media, you hear people talk about this, but are you actually applying this to your life? Are you actually doing this? Are you totally burnt out? Are you totally exhausted? And granted, it's not a, it's not always perfect. There will be times where you will be. There will be times where it will be hard to find the balance. But you have to remember this affirmation in those times to kind of come back to that idea, come back to that, um, not even idea, come back to that application in your life because it can't. It, it it isn't just an idea. I think a lot of times we hear affirmations and they just become ideas. They're things we say and then we forget them. And it's like how how often are we actually applying these affirmations that we read on Instagram to our life? Are we just saying them in the day and it helps us through? Or are we actually applying these things? So I just are, want are we saying them once and actually not believing them? Yeah. And 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 you might and you might you might not believe them. It takes time sometimes to yeah, really to, believe you that. To, you have to practice an affirmation repeatedly until it truly you believe it and it resonates. And sometimes honestly that takes like months or years. You know, there's been things programming I've been telling myself for like and 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 to acknowledge that the programming we tell ourselves is often negative and for so long that it takes an aggressive amount of positive affirmations to to make it sink in, and we and you know we've talked we were talking about this um, on uh, I don't know what podcast it was because we've done so many, but just kind of you kind of have to go against yourself. You kind of have to just do the exact opposite of what you're what you've been programmed to do. You know, like you have to get uncomfortable making other people uncomfortable with your new boundaries, with your new no's, with your new yeses. And and that's challenging. It really is. But it gets it gets easier. It does. And and it, it really gets easy making setting boundaries and standing in whatever makes you happy or fulfilled when you are around people that honor you <laughs> and your happiness and your peace and are there to help you and like not make you feel crazy for advocating for yourself. And sometimes it's hard to find those people because even as women, we, we, we judge ourselves and then we judge each other and it prevents us from like having deep connections and deep friendships and like finding a tribe. But <clears throat> If you guys are those moms or those women who are in the house all the time, sticking to your routine, not veering out of it, not venturing out to do anything new, you're not going to find new friends. You're not going to find your tribe and you're not going to be able to practice um, what you preach and practice, you know, keeping boundaries and, you know, just being you and authentically. And I feel like sometimes people feel like it's difficult to find women like that. Women who are radically accepting of other women. And I think we are afraid to find that, afraid to tell the truth. Um, if you're one of those women and, you know, if you're on the socials, we are going on tour and all of our people come and all of our people are radically accepting. It's like we've definitely cultivated a community of like radically honest women. And I'm so proud. And like if you're in the New York area, we'll be in New York. On fr- I mean, we'll be at City Winery on Friday turning up. Um, You know, moms and women need to take breaks. And if something like going to a live podcast show alone is not something you would typically do. This is your this is your sign. This that- is your challenge. This is I want to challenge you right now to get out of your comfort zone. Honestly, just be like, fuck it. I'm gonna go. Like, who cares if it's alone? Like maybe you have maybe you ask a friend to go or whatever. She might buy the ticket, he might not, whatever. But like pull up and really like take a leap of faith because I mean, honestly, this is how we got here. <laughs> Erica pulled up on me. <laughs> this stranger bitch pulled up on me at the club in the bathroom and was like, we're going to be friends. And at the time, it, I'm, I'm, I know it was awkward and uncomfortable for her. And but like, thank God she did, because now we're delivering a message, um, you know. Lots of messages. And, and it's, it's it's a game changer. Like doing something different from what you're used to doing could potentially be a, a life-changing thing for you, a life-changing decision. So a lot of times we get comfortable in our routines. We go to work. We come home. We feed the kids. We feed the husband. You know, whatever. You bend over. All the things. And we forget to say like, wait, hold up. 
Like, let me do something spontaneous. Let me frolic. Let me do a cartwheel right quick. Let me go down to the bar and meet these bitches that I've only listened to. And now they're here. And this seems totally weird. But I'm going to do it. Like, do something for yourself. Come get a drink. Come hang out with us. Dress sexy. Because, you know, that's what we like to do. <laughs> and, like, if you came to our last show, you already know. <laughs> it's It gets pretty. Like, this is a production. We take this craft very seriously. And we're extra ass bitches. So the show is always a extra there's always special guests there's always surprise components and i guarantee you everybody at this show is going to welcome you with open arms because honestly that's just the kind of click we roll with and like i've seen it transpire time and time and time and time again because Mm -hmm. honestly like this this friendship has like opened us up to just opening the arms and the love to other women and the way like it really is felt so if you were just on the fence um if you usually don't do things like this, if you've never gone to a live show, please come kick it with us. We're going to have a really good time. We're going to drink. It's Cinco de fucking de Mayo. You know these two bitches love tequila. <laughs> we've, we've retired from, from tequila and touring, but for this this launch, I think we're going to be – it's going to be a tequila time. Yeah, because I don't know if you heard it. Listen to our episode, Rockstar Moms, but uh, bitches were falling apart on our last tour yep. with the am- amount of drinking that was happening. I – don't have it in me but on Cinco de Mayo the fuck I do it's not only is it Cinco de Mayo it's the first launch week of our book our first book and we're gonna be in the Today Show ah! <laughs> we're gonna be on the Today we're Show we're actually gonna be on the Today Show tomorrow so if you're listening to this on Wednesday when we drop this episode we are going to be on the Today Show in the 9am hour talking about our book talking our shit really trying not to curse because we're not supposed to do that so we're gonna have to wrap up those bitches and fucks so just pray that a bitch figures it out and Uh, then post us (laughs) i really want you guys to post us on the today show and then tag us so i can feel famous (laughs) i want to repost it (laughs) so if you are a today show watcher and you are up at 9 a.m on the eastern standard time you need to get your phone out (laughs) not only turn to the channel get your phone out tag us so I can repost it and tell my mom look mom I told you I was famous and then like maybe one of my salty ass exes that I I blocked will see it this is fact and be like oh god I shouldn't have been such a disrespectful dickhead look at that famous fine ass bitch now okay that's the toxic part of me talking (laughs) when you come to our show too if you want to hang out with us get the VIP ticket the VIP ticket comes with a book comes with comes with a book that we will sign right there and then write whatever the fuck you want i love you i want to <laughs> lick your titties whatever you want me to write i'll write it um don't say lick your titties you know i what? said i'll write it i'm not gonna do it oh, okay. i might who knows who knows i i i, I know <laughs> you might you'll never know unless you come so I you mean, won't I, know if you get a little titty lick well, maybe one titty i do like licking titties <laughs> so it could happen you never know i've been although because our in our last tour jamila propositioned like literally like put us on the meat market on stage and was just like who wants to have a threesome tonight basically and i was like bitch what the fuck and then we had hoes whispering in our ears at the meet and greet like unicorn. unicorn i said i said whisper in our ear unicorn. Said, you risk yeah whisper in the ear unicorn i had like five women like unicorn unicorn Unicorn. I know we show up. <laughs> I, was like, I know we show Whoa. up super fun and uncensored. You know what? I thought about this. Okay, so <laughs> I thought about this recently because we went to we went to Mexico, and they were like, you know, what? like we got these cards pulled before we did this ceremony, and in preparation for our retreat that's coming up, which was a beautiful ceremony. But one of the cards was like, you don't have to be like hold on to the, the parts of you that you used to be, and I was like. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is God telling me that I no longer need to identify as a party girl? <laughs> Is that what came to you? Is that what you identify as? No, but I, <laughs> not necessarily. But there have been t- a couple of times in like my life I went to therapy and I was like, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. And they're like, do you? Because you're saying that adamantly. And I was like, you shut up. But I was just thinking about us and I was thinking about I do think that there, I mean, we've heard it from other moms, like, I'm cool, but I'm not as party as you. Or like, I think because we show up so honest and we tell a lot of party stories, a lot of entertainment stories, not entertainment stories, a lot of stories of our, 
of our high funds. And I think that people have this perception or can have this perception of us that we're like some wild moms or, you know, or whatever. And then I was thinking like, I hope like people don't hang out with us. And then they're like, they're boring. So is that why you feel like you got to like I wish, keep this persona going? No. Is that why you told everyone to whisper fucking unicorn in no, our No, I was just saying like the growth and like the perception of us and I at a show in DC, we were at the club with some like we we were those girls. Like there's an after party, meet us at the table. And this girl came up to me and was like, Can I make can I I don't know if she said if she could three way make out with us? And I was like, You have to ask my boyfriend. I was like, go ask Erica. I don't know. But I was I, like, she and then she did. She came over and asked me. And I was like, No, girl. No. No. Did I do it? I know I asked Orlando. I was again the tequila and the touring. This is why we retired it because I got a little beside myself. Listen, there could be a chance I might put my tongue in your mouth. You'd never really know. Have I made out with a fan or not or someone who listens to us? Yeah. Yep. I have. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Bitch, you were there. (laughs) Who? (laughs) Not Orlando dying in the other room. Yeah, it's happened. You you know, it it has happened. Um, Yeah, you just you just never know what could happen. So this is so all that to say. All that to say, we're all (laughs) don't expect us to be super crazy party all the time. But But also, but also, you never know. (laughs) I don't know. It could go either way. It's, 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 yeah, yeah. It's gone either way a lot of times, but don't, don't hold us to that, but it, it could happen, especially on a Friday. That is also the launch of our book that took two years to write. That is also the day after we were on the Today Show, which is also after, it's also on Cinco de Mayo. It's a strong possibility that anything's happened. <laughs> the stars Anything- seem aligned. <laughs> <laughs> this is basically like, we'll, we'll, we'll be well, vulnerable. Wait, wait, listen, you will get a free trip to Mexico. You will get free shit. We might lick your titty. We also might make out with you. You want a threesome? Whisper unicorn. Like, <laughs> this is our shameless bag. <laughs> this is making us seem like a tray We're desperate of, ass hoes. A tray of meat at a, at a party, the pass around tray. <laughs> Just come take us. We're vulnerable. We'll be really happy and excited and friendly that day. <laughs> take your chance. One thirty-five dollar ticket could get you a makeout <laughs> with both of us. <laughs> we might throw Orlando in too. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! That doesn't support us turning a new leaf at all. But so basically, you are still a party girl, <laughs> and I still might make out with you. So here we go. Yeah. Um, also, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, then you know New York is a very dangerous place for us. You it's, know what? The coordinates are the coordinates make me crazy. I don't, you know, I never got my astro cartography reading <laughs> from that hoe that kept canceling on me, bitch. If you're listening, um, who also took my money. But I would like to say that I think there's something in my astrological chart as it pertains to New York City, and probably yours as well. Maybe it's just bitches in general, because I find that most of my friends, when they go to New York, they wild the fuck out. I think it's because there's fun on every corner. Birds of a feather flock together. And, you know, for the people that are from New York and live there, they're like, I don't like it doesn't pertain to you because you're there all the time. It's yeah, bitches that are travel, from, travel there. there that don't know how to act. And, you know, AKA us. Yeah. For much of my singleness, I spent time in New York and every single time without fail, I was a hoe there. I'm having flashbacks. I did as you're saying this. It is stressing me out. I feel stressed. Like I'm having a specific thought and I was just like, am I a dumb bitch? I had no. You're a fun bitch. I had <laughs> Too fun. so much fun. I've had so much fun in New York. It's just one of my favorite cities. It's just fun on every corner. There is a long, a long I think I think that the like I I think I thrive there too. There's like a and there's an energy. There's an energy. Like, I don't know. The men there, they just they just fuck with this. They fuck with the Scorpio energy. I don't know. There's like a few cities that have like like an endless amount of fine niggas. And it's New York. It's New Orleans. It's those two. Yeah. It's New Orleans? New Orleans has fine niggas. I don't know if they have jobs, but they are fine. And they have those accents that throw you off. And you're like, you want me to come home with you? What'd you say? <laughs> <clears throat> there's also a lot of bars in those cities. And Atlanta, too. Atlanta gets you crazy because every restaurant even the regular restaurant is the club the club it's true i don't know atlanta's confusing 
I, you know, I you don't really know what you're gonna get there. I did so much partying in Atlanta that um, I I There's a lot of perpetrating in Atlanta. A lot. I've on I'd, all fronts. I think Money I expi- fronts, I expired sexuality fronts, all types of fronts <laughs> happening. When I went to Atlanta this last time, um, I went out by myself because I had to get out the house, <laughs> and um, I went to meet cousin Chris, and we went to to dinner dinner which is always the club hookah hookah and then we went then they're like M-, then they're like come to mjq shout out to goddess jesse i was like i must see my bitch and they were also saying that mjq is about to move locations and everybody knows the underground locations the epic location so i was like if it's the last time i can go i have to go right because i have fomo like so bad <laughs> and then i went and i hung out and like i smoked and you know, I partied and then I got in the Uber and I went home like a regular bitch. No, like actually, let me tell you, let me, this is Erica's going to get a kick out of this. I am so greedy. I just want everyone to know the level of greed that I go to. I take all my food home. I know people think it's like ghetto, but like I, if I have literally, food, it'll be a corner left on the plate. She's like, I'll take it home. I went to dinner with cousin Chris. Oh my girl. And his cousin who kept ordering shots. And I was like, bitch, you're trying to get me fucked up. I already got like Erica's like my mom like we have to record in the morning so don't stay out too late I was like I'll be back we get to the club we Uber to the club I had my like doggy bag and I can't take it in the club do you guys know did you go hide it so you can get it I hit it I know you did there was a fence I fucking know there was a fence like this it was like somebody's house and I like I was like hold on I put the bag over the fence I was like it'll be fine went in the club came back out I was like oh but come with me across the street I gotta grab something what is your food scarcity problem? I don't know. Like, did like did I, you not I, have enough food as a child? I don't like, know. What is the problem? I, don't, I gotta ask about that. I don't remember starving as a child. I, <laughs> I don't know if we were always like plentiful, but like it's extensive. And I took it home only to leave it in the refrigerator where we were. Staying. You always do this. You don't ever eat it. You I don't barely know. ever eat it, so it's just a waste. But it's like then I'm gonna get high and I'm gonna be looking for it and I'm gonna be pissed when I don't have those four bites. But anyway. <laughs> I need to get a. I need to get a psychologist about not a psychologist, uh, a psychic about that shit. You need to figure out where you're supposed to d- th- thrive with locations. That's a cardio. What did you call it? A cardio- Car- cartography. Cartography reading. A cartography reading. For those of you who didn't know, is it's going to tell you your coordinates. Carto astrology about yeah. where you're supposed to live and where thrive. you're supposed to live, or like where your vibration is highest. Like, yeah, where places you should travel to. Where your vibrations is hoest. Maybe you might find your your new future husband, wife, whatever lover. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry, I got so thrown off by my dumbass food story that I forgot <laughs> what I was talking about. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, I thought it would be. A good Did you eat? Oh, you didn't eat the food. I forgot it was delicious. It was shrimp and risotto, and I forgot it in Samaya's refrigerator. Okay. So I hope somebody ate it. Um. Anyway, we thought it would be a really cool idea. Last week we had our kids come on for a little bit. If you guys didn't catch it, it was really, it was really heartfelt. And then they they we extended the the episode and Patreon. So if you didn't check out our Patreon, we're getting really. We're dropping some juicy shit over there. We also have a lot of behind the scenes um, from the book that we'll also we'll talk more about on Patreon. So it's going to be, you know, a deep, a deep, deep dive. Yeah. But I was thinking that we could like just like we pull Taro, Taro, you should pull a card. But I was just I just like did one of those with the book and then I just stopped somewhere and said, this is what God wants me to read. OK. OK. Did you find it? Yeah. OK. <clears throat> this is actually my part. Um, so those of you who haven't ordered your book yet, but you're doing it right now as we speak. I just want you to know that the book is, we're co-authors. So each chapter you hear from me and then you hear from Erica or Erica than me. I don't remember. It switches sometimes. It switches sometimes, but it's, we're, we're going through the same parts of our lives, but a lot of it is separately because we didn't know each other for a long time. Pre-motherhood, during during our pregnancies and our births, and after motherhood. And so it's kind of – someone described it as the A-side and the B-side to a cassette tape, mm. which I really liked. And she said she looked forward to each story. And quite frankly, you can read each story simultaneously. You can read just Erica's and then you can read just mine. It's two, two stories in one. Anyway. It reminds me of The Love Below. What is, don't remember that oh, album. Oh yeah, the, oh, this is the love below of books. The love below of books. <laughs> I'm Dre. I mean, no, I'm I'm uh, Andre. Andre, yeah. I'm a big boy. That's cool. <laughs> Actually, before I get into this, let me light this backwood. I rolled my favorite vanilla backwood, drizzled in honey. And before I jump into this chapter, because it gets a little bit real, let me let me let me hit my my backwood real quick. You know what? There's nothing like a a good smoke to set the vibes. Because one thing about this book is, 
It's tea, it's triggering, it's funny, and weed helps. So I support this message. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's it. Let me hit it. Here we go. (sighs) Okay, story time. Okay, let's get into it. Um, Okay, so this is... This chapter is called Fuck, I Just Had a Baby. And if you guys are expecting or you just had a baby, this may resonate with you. Or if you were thinking about having one, listen closely, my dears. Um, hmm. About two weeks into motherhood, my baby daddy asked me for some head. And I almost lost my shit. Was this what I had signed up to do for the rest of my life? Supply others with me? I was pissed, and suddenly all the hype of a wife life felt more like the twilight zone. I'm going to do sound effects. Okay. <laughs> I think I used this, this reference twice because <laughs> that's the only scary, the scary one I know. The word forever began to ring and really sink in like a horror film. Dun, dun, dun. I couldn't escape. Fuck. Couldn't this motherfucker see, much, see how much I had just given? How my body and spirit had just experienced something out of this fucking world. At that moment, I felt postpartum depression creeping in my back door. I tried to fight it by jumping headfirst back into my life. I literally took Luna to the mall at seven days old. And a random stranger looked over at me and said, That newborn needs to be inside. I was mad and ignored the fuck out of that woman. (laughs) Who Who was this stranger? And was I already a terrible mother? I went back to work with Luna two weeks after giving birth. I even made it to a New Year's Eve party four weeks postpartum, again, with Luna in tow and all of us in matching tuxedo outfits. (laughs) I was determined to preserve my old life, and honestly, my my baby daddy mostly supported me in that, as long as he was included in all my activities. I'm a cool mom. (laughs) You have to read to get the books to hear more. (laughs) You won't hear those sound effects. I know. It's going to be devastating. So you can imagine where that story goes. <clears throat> okay, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not watching on YouTube, you should. I'm giving the vibrations to the book to deliver everyone exactly the message they need to hear right now. Oh no, this is your, should I read? Should it be mine or yours? This is read. You should read yours. Okay, because I already read mine. Nope, nope. We're still. Yeah. Okay, here we go. What <sighs> chapter is this? This is Fuck, I Just Had a Baby. Is the same one you just read? Yeah. Out? Okay. <clears throat> hmm. Let's see. Hmm. A week before my due date, we set the inducement for April 24th, 2015. Dr. C-section said it was better to set a date to make sure a hospital bed would be ready for me. She told me that waiting any longer than seven days after my due date would make the probability of a natural birth much lower. Fear-mongering was her specialty, and I felt myself falling into her trap. I went home that day and had a little talk with baby girl in her new room. Over the past few months, I had meticulously prepared her space, and the final touch was the rocking chair, where I spent many days deciding what she would look like. My mom had told me that she did the same with me, and I came out looking exactly as she manifested. Big curly hair, her daddy's eyes, chocolate skin, dimples, and my lips were what I imagined for Irie Jane. But this time, as I rocked back and forth, I visualized my water breaking in the shower, me giving birth quickly, and BD catching our baby. As I envisioned what I wanted, I felt overwhelmed with panic. Could I do this? I had spent so much time preparing everything else that I hadn't really thought about the details of my birth. Oh my God, this baby has to get out of me somehow, right? Will she break my pussy? What if I can't push her out? Maybe. Will they have to use that suction thingy that makes newborn heads look like cone heads? What if she suddenly goes breech? Could I die during childbirth? Yep. Could she? At the time, I had no idea that black women are three times more likely to die during childbirth than white women. And thank God I didn't because I would have spiraled even more. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My thoughts started to go dark, and so I just stopped thinking about the birth and hoped for the best. The well-informed woman I am today wishes I could offer that previous version of myself a hug and tell her to keep going, to keep envisioning what she wanted. I wish I could tell her that manifesting and believing in her capabilities would be her superpower and that she could do this exactly the way she wanted. Back then, I called BD 911 and told him to come over immediately and fuck me. 911? What is this? The 90s? A beeper? <laughs> Make it sound old 911, come fuck me, nigga. So- <laughs> I need to get fucked. Take this baby out. <laughs> That's actually a really good way. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, it was the fucking didn't help. No, sure didn't. Neither did the salad that they told me I should eat with some sort of special ingredients or some shit. But yeah, I think about that time in my life often because I didn't get to have the birthing experience that I know for sure my body was capable of having. You know, I, I, I was really robbed of that experience and, you know, I didn't have the wherewithal to advocate for myself at the time, especially being the only mom in the group. I didn't know Jamila yet. So I didn't have my, my friend who, who had these, these, I guess, these tools that she didn't even know she had to just say, no, I'm, this is the, what the fuck I'm doing. Even after doing the research, even after watching the business of being born, doing all the things, I still questioned the cape with my body's capabilities and it's it's one of my big probably one of my biggest regrets of my life to be honest is not staying true to what i wanted because ultimately i was robbed of that experience and i i do blame my doctor for that she was careless and she wanted to check period and she got it i mean and and, and that's the thing i think people i mean Thankfully, like you said in that chapter, is like I didn't know that I was three times likely to die either. And thank fucking God, because it's already like so scary, and there's all it's already the unknown. And we were pretty young, you know. I was twenty six, you were twenty seven, and um, when you get put in, like when it's you're vulnerable when you're giving birth, you know. Like think about an animal who like goes to take hiding, you know, goes to retreat when they're giving birth. Except there's not a bunch of medical doctors intervening, but you know, you you are vulnerable, and people tell you what you, what they think you is going to, you know, speed it up or whatever. And, um, even for me, my birth didn't go exactly how I wanted to go. And uh, granted, um, I had to go into labor early and be induced. And, and I did get to deliver naturally because I finally just gave in with the epidural, but I can only imagine how you feel, you know, because even I want to redo and I want to do it at home and like, you know, do it the way I want to do it. But I think ultimately to you guys, it's like, Having the tools is super important. Advocating for yourself and trusting your body is super important. But I always say this, but like birth can truly be orgasmic and it can truly be a rite of passage and it's supposed to empower you. You know, this is like really like where like you transform your superpowers, like transformers or like the power rangers is because like once you give birth and you get through that, you're like, bitch, I could do anything. And it really doesn't matter how you bring the baby, you know, to earth side, you know, vaginally, epidural, no epidural, cesarean, however way you do it. Motherhood is once you start on this path of motherhood, it's a huge, you know, it is, it is a rite of passage, but I I really hope that people hear our stories and understand how important it is to advocate for yourself and that you choose a partner that will do the same for you and that you are really educated and empowered before going into the hospital um, because it's a game changer and and they will they will trick you and they will try you and like even me we had different birth experiences but I had a very specific birth plan written out I made them copy it made xeroxes and give them to every nurse on on fucking shift I was there for three days and I one of the things I said is don't offer me medical any medicine and what do they do offer you medicine and immediately and you're vulnerable and you're like whatever I, I i took the time to meticulously write out this birth plan and you're fucking going against it but it doesn't you know in that time people want you to get the fuck out the bed so they can make room for another one and you know you it is a business and um 
I I just I hope that other black women I hope this information doesn't scare you, but it empowers you to to just, you know, do what's right for you. And sometimes that's against what your partner says, it's against what your mom says. And you gotta kinda like sit in whatever your intuition says for you. And and just reminder that our bodies are made to do this and they can do this and it's, it's, they're capable and you know, the doctor will tell you a bunch of shit. The baby's too big. You too small. Your pelvis is too tiny, but you know, look at this pelvis pushed out a baby. (laughs) So, you know, just keep that in mind. I also like something you said really resonated with me that I want more women, specifically mothers to understand, because I think that a lot of moms that have given birth, they're tired. They have all these things, right? Where they feel like they, it is a rite of passage, absolutely. But I think mothers oftentimes, they don't feel empowered after birth. They don't feel like I can do anything. You can do anything. You literally created life. You can do anything. So if you right now are feeling stuck, if you're feeling ashamed, if you're feeling less than, if you're feeling unattractive, you can do anything. Literally. You created life. And for the women that, you know, choose not to create life, cannot create life, whatever the cases may be, it does not matter. We are women, period. We are life creators, whether that is from the womb, from this womb, from this womb, from this womb. We are the creators. Don't you fucking forget that. And for those of you who are listening, she pointed to both our womb, our heart, and our heads. Yeah, these are all wombs. Shout out to Queen Afua who really pointed that out to me. It was something that I never even really considered, and it's absolutely true. And I think there's a lot of shame, too, for the women that that can't have children, Um that you know they that they're they're broken and that's not that true. they are less than <clears throat> they are less than that they are somehow less than in, in their in their womanhood and their femininity and and there are so many other ways that we birth um that are equally as powerful and a rite of passage in itself so i just want i want you to really really know that because a lot of people will tell you different, whether that is your partner, your mother, maybe you've made some bad choices that have put you in a position where you feel fucked up. You create a life, bitch. You can get out of it. You can get out of anything. And then I think, you know, even for that 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 chapter that I just read, um, I read a lot of books that empowered me. And that's why I kind of really, I initially planned on giving unassisted home birth like I did I couldn't afford a midwife and I was like fuck it I'm gonna do it my friend's mama and I was confident in that and I mean obviously there was fear but like it was there was less fear doing it at home unassisted than there was going to the hospital and I ended up having to go to the hospital and I ended up getting an epidural and I ended up like all these things like that interrupted the flow of what I wanted to have um they almost broke me (laughs) and to the point where you know we're talking about feeling empowered in birth um which you know, socially, that's not what you're going to hear. You you see you see images of women crying and in pain and and all these things. It's never anything a positive experience until after the baby is born. Like you don't, we don't see birth associated with with pleasure. We don't see birth associated with with feeling empowered. And I felt I felt adequate in my body before you know even before going into the hospital. But those two days after, yo, I was like, oh no 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 no, I'm broken. I felt like. I just felt like a, like a push, like a pin, like a, how do you, a pin cushion. I like people coming in and out of the hospital, popping your legs open, push, probing you, putting things to connecting things to you, waking you up, giving you medicine. You didn't even know what it was that you didn't ask for making you go to the bathroom. Like you, like if I didn't know better, I would be like, this is the opposite of a, of a, of a come of a rite of passage. This is trying to break me. Mm-hmm. And when I went home, even I was just like, even with the baby, like I wanted to breastfeed and she would just, it was just, it felt overwhelming. Like everyone was taking from me and I wasn't even human anymore. And nobody talks about that. And, you know, to the point where I just talked about my baby daddy asking me for some head and I literally felt like that was the bottom. I was like, Oh my God, I've fucked myself. Everyone expects me mm-hmm. and I didn't have anything to give after something so incredibly life-changing and it felt draining at the time and luckily I had the tools to kind of like rebuild myself up and even if it was a slow process um and it, you know for us it took us like 
starting this podcast, you know, I felt like, um, like I felt myself wither away slowly. Like everybody was taking from me. And I feel like a lot of moms feel that, you know, a lot, if you're, you know, running a household and being a wife and you're being a mother and you have all these expectations because God forbid you don't suck dick and make dinner by eight, you're a terrible human being. (laughs) You know, it's like we, there's so much pressure put on us to deliver in a certain you know, a pretty little box and it's just not realistic. And I just, I hope if anyone's listening to this and they're pregnant or they just gave birth and they're feeling um, alone and they're feeling like, why do I feel this way? And everybody on the internet is smiling and looking happy as fuck. It's a lie. (laughs) Okay. Everybody goes through this. Motherhood is not some easy transition. And um, a lot of times you will feel high and you will feel low and that is normal. And I think there's a lot of guilt associated with feeling low low, because you're like, I just gave birth to this beautiful baby. You're supposed to be happy. Am I ungrateful? And it's like, no, you're a human bitch. And that shit is a lot. It's some alien like shit that takes place. And it's even, and you know, even if you've done it multiple times, it's still a huge, it's a huge, not a setback, but it's a huge shift. And so honor that and give yourself grace and, and, and space to feel, um, multiple ways at one time. Yeah. And this is, as you know, for mothers that have already, that have, have multiple children, or if you're just becoming a mom, like, this is where you this is where the boundaries come in. This is where you tell your partner, no, not today. And I, I really hope that we can encourage more men to do more research around motherhood. I want to encourage men to read this book. Give so this that, to the new dads too. So that dads. you know how to support your partner, so that you know what questions to ask. So you know what the signs to look out for in postpartum where you're like, why is my partner such a bitch? <laughs> Why is she not want to have sex with me anymore? Like, it's been a year. Like, get over it. You know, like, these are things, there's a lot of things in here that I didn't know how to vocalize at the time. I did not know how to tell my partner certain things. I didn't know why I felt certain things because I thought I was supposed to be happy, you know, and, and now looking back, I'm, I, I, I obviously have more tools now to, to express this, but it's just, it's, it's a beautiful, terrifying, exhilarating, life-changing experience is what motherhood is. Um, and there's a lot of glory in it, but there is a lot of sadness sometimes, you know, and it does get better. It does get better. And, you know, I think sometimes people, you know, look at our, our podcast or look at moms talking badly. And I put I'm putting air quotes out about their kid or or the even, you know, we had Jessica Rose on the show um, months ago and she was saying how she regrets motherhood, that she doesn't regret. She regrets the role, the role that she's had to play in motherhood, like this unexpected role that she as a woman has to play as a mom. And I think so many women resonate with that, but feel horrible for saying that out loud the anxiety that automatically comes that is inherited when you give birth there's an anxiety that doesn't that exists that no longer that didn't exist before you're constantly worried about this other person and if you're doing a good enough job and if they're getting what they need and like even in the early stages of motherhood is like oh my god am i going to drop her and she's going to die like these are regular thoughts it's like almost preparing you to catch her if she falls but it's 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 scary there's no aftercare for moms that, that that enter into this new phase of their life everything is poured into the child the, the baby shower, you get tons and tons of shit for this baby. The mom gets nothing. This is for the mom. This book, <laughs> this book that we wrote, Pharrell, this book is for the mom. This is for the pregnant mom. This is for the, I'm thinking about maybe being a mom. This is for the, I'm not having any more kids mom. This is for the, I'm getting a divorce mom. This is for the married mom who feels alone. Like literally a, a lot of mom books are basic and they tell you about how to care for your kid but a lot of them don't tell you how to care for yourself so if you're looking for a place to feel normal and whatever transition you're going in going through in motherhood or in womanhood rather this book is for you this book is to say drop all that shit and here's how you tap into yourself you're welcome Did you pull a card, my love? I did. Um, I don't know what this one means. It's a five of swords. Five of swords. And 
There's a man facing the other way. There's a man facing the ocean, what looks like a bay or an ocean. They're all facing away, except this one man with his three swords. Looks like he's one, but I don't know. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) You don't like it? Can I just pick another one? (laughs) No, you can't. This is not for us. This is for for somebody listening. (laughs) (laughs) This is for someone listening. I don't resonate with this. Um, The Five of Swords turns up when you have had a falling out, disagreement, or conflict, and you're walking away with a sense of sadness or loss. You may be upset and resentful over the heated words you said and now wish you could take back bad blood and a generally ickiness hang general general ickiness hang over as you over you as your relations have turned sour even if you won't won't if you wow can i can fucking read, read? if you won't <laughs> if you won't 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 give it to me give it to me like oh 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 all right i couldn't I can I can help that. <laughs> Even if you won the argument or came out of the apparent victor, you realize that you have lost as much or more than your opponent. This battle has cost you trust, respect, or dignity and isolated you. As you try to pick up the pieces and set the conflict behind you, you find it's more difficult than you thought. Others have lost faith in you and are keeping their distance. You will need to decide whether your point of view is so important to you that you're willing to put your relationship in jeopardy or if you can comp- compromise and see eye to eye. Sometimes you don't need to compromise. <laughs> I mean, this obviously is saying that maybe you went too hard, but um, you know, maybe it's maybe it's about the judgment of yourself. Mm. You know, like really, like you've you've betrayed yourself in ways. That's kind of like what I'm getting from it. Not necessarily, um, you know, outwardly, but inwardly, choosing your battles wisely. Um, and in much way of the life battles wisely is a much better way of life than engaging in every disagreement. Not only will it lead you to more peaceful existence, but your inter- interpersonal relationships are likely to come out stronger. I mean, I think sometimes it's like we pick ourselves apart. You know, everything is like, oh, you said the wrong thing. And I, I do this like you did the wrong thing. You're not doing enough. Like that inner voice is harsh. Um, and sometimes it's just not that serious. Like, you know, we fuck up. You know, we say this a lot, but. Beating yourself up after the fuck up extensively is really not, it doesn't really shift anything or change or make anything better except make you feel worse. And it's harder to get past it into the next point. So, you know, I think in motherhood is one of those things. We're constantly picking ourselves apart and how good we deliver, how good we show up. And if we fucking got to the soccer game and like, I, I spoil my kid just out of, just out of pure I don't want to traumatize you and I can like, like she's throwing a fit. She wants ramen or sushi and it's fucking like, I'm like, fine, fuck it. I'm going <laughs> to give you sushi. Like you're such a brat. Like, okay. But it's just like, sometimes like you're doing a good job. You're a human. Pick the battles that you, you choose with yourself, you know, like love yourself, love on yourself like so much. So then other people will know how to love on you and, Pick your battles wisely, even when it comes to you. Stop obsessing over things that you cannot change, boo. You can't change some shit. And and sometimes you're not supposed to change them. You're supposed to shift and be a different person. And, and that doesn't mean that you beat yourself up over them. Mm-hmm. And even if it's even if it's not the battles with you, it's like it sounds like this card too is like how do you react to certain things? Like I think about my relationship with even like my mom, for example, and how it's it's shifted over the years. Like, yes, there's times in which I can, you know, moms, they know how to, they know how to trigger the fuck out of you. Okay. Mm. And they know how to do it. And I was telling this, I was having this conversation the other day and I was saying, God, you know, like I look at my daughter and there's some, there's certain times, a lot of times where I'm just like, I don't want to say mean to her, but like, I'm just like, this is what it is. Like, because I said so, that's why, you know? And I don't think that that idea and that energy always just changes as your child grows up. And I think a lot of times adult people, adult kids and adult parents, that dynamic still exists where that parent doesn't really give a fuck what they're, what they're saying to you because they're your mom and they're going to tell you how the fuck it is. And doesn't, they don't really give a fuck about your feelings. Kind of like what we do with our kids. Like this is what it is. I'm telling you this because if I don't tell you, someone else is going to tell you, you know, and my reaction used to be, um, combative all the time. And, you know, me and my mom had this disagreement the other day. It wasn't even a disagreement. It was just like, she said something that made me have mom guilt. And when we were in Mexico, no, no, 
Um, no. She said something that maybe had mom. Like, she said, like, she was going to take Irie home. And or, we had just got back from Mexico. And I was home for one day. And then um, uh, my mom was coming over. And she was like, I'll take Irie, too. I'll take Irie. Do you want to take Irie? Do you want me to take Irie tonight? And I'll take her to school since he's coming. And you haven't seen each other in a long time. And I was like, okay, cool. So then we went to the, went to dinner and we were eating and then we're about to leave. And then she was like, you, you know, you've been gone a lot. You've been gone a lot. Um, you were gone. You just were back. And now like basically saying like, maybe you should take her. Maybe you should take her. But I was like, you are the one who, who even brought this suggested up. this, you know? Oh, I know why. Because Irie had a sleepover the night before at her friend's house. So I had had her for one night and then she went and had a sleepover at her friend's house. And then my mom was going to take her. So I was just like, don't do that. Okay. Well. Um, and so then I said, Ari, do you want to come home with me? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, cool. So I just came home and she's like, is she coming with me? And I was like, no. no. And she was like, why? And I was like, it's fine. We're just going to go home. But other, any other time I'd have been like, well, this is why. And then we got on, then she texted me later, like, what, what happened? Um, <laughs> and I was like, well, honestly, you, I, my mom guilt cre- creeped in because of the comment that you made, you know? And so I decided to pivot and she was like, I could tell she wanted to like kind of like go back and forth with me about it. And I just like kept kept it as, you know what, mom, it's fine. It's it's all good. I figured it out. Like I didn't really appreciate that since you offered to take her, but it's cool. We figured it out. And that was hard for me because I really wanted to say like what was the point what was the purpose of this you just wanted to hurt my feelings yeah like do you just want to hurt my feelings or you just had this feeling and you just couldn't shut the fuck up so you just felt the need to say it you know and 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 that's what it is a lot of times moms not just my mom i'm a mom as well we just want to say what the fuck we want to say we don't want to shut the fuck up because we're the parent you know and i have to remember that <clears throat> these moments when i regrows up like trying to remember how this makes me feel and to not do that. Do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. My mom does that a lot. And, you know, it's interesting. I think even in motherhood, you know, t- like, happy birthday. You're an eight-year-old mom today. Thank you. Um, you know, eight years is not that long in the game. But there, there – it takes – there's like a – there's a period that it – to get confident in it. And to really, like, be like, hey, that wasn't cool. Like, even to your own mom, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, even set boundaries with your own mom and, you know, and with your kid and with other people. And there takes a time where you're like, damn, do I even know what I'm doing? Like, do I should I just blindly take this advice and then feel guilty or harbor this guilt because my mom said this, you know, or my grandmother said this or this person said this. And it's just, like, a part of this, a part of this work as moms is also – shifting the things that you didn't appreciate or didn't contribute positively to you as, as you were growing up. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going through some shit with my mom right now and it's just like, I've had to create a lot of boundaries and, um, and feeling bad about it in ways like it, it, it's, it is your mom and it's someone who's raised you and they fed you and they cared for you. And it's just like, even like we're all human and moms, I've really recognized how much I've had to be the mom, be the parent to my parents. Like you guys are immature. <laughs> wow like are you in high school and it's like maybe still meant like emotionally spiritually they may be and it's just like it's it's this again standing in who you are and what you're doing and recognizing that sometimes if the you being the bigger person is just being like okay cool all mm-hmm. right or like you know what like she's not coming over there anymore you're doing stuff that I don't do in my household and I love you and, you know, we love you, but this is where we're going to pivot. This is where this shit's going to shift because you did this to me and you're not about to do this to my kid and you're not going to continue to do this to me. So, and, you know, there's even guilt in that, you know? Absolutely. And I think about, I was thinking about this situation actually today and I was like, she didn't even apologize after I told her, like, what you said, like, hurt my feelings, hurt my feelings and clearly totally shifted what was the plan, even though you offered the plan. And I thought to myself, God, like that has been a theme in my relationship with my mom is her lack of apologies Mm. Um, because she's not sorry, you know, (laughs) and like, she's not going to apologize if she doesn't think she's sorry. And I'm the child, you know, whether or not I'm in my thirties or not. And I think about, you know, my daughter and, and I'm just like, man, I am making a vow to myself that even when I am not sorry, 
if I see that my daughter was hurt by something, I will try to do my best to at least acknowledge to it. acknowledge it. You know what? You know it's not always going to be perfect, and this is not a slight to my mother. She has been a great mother, and I think that because I have shared my experiences in my childhood, and like some of them have been difficult for me, and like my relationship with my with my father, and 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 even my relationship with her, she has this kind of blanketed and like blanketed um, vision or perception that I think my childhood was shitty. And which is not the truth. Did I have shitty moments in my childhood? Yes. Are there things that affected me in my childhood? Yes. That is life. That is any person's experience. Everybody's going to have trauma. But we take motherhood, our, our mothering so personal. And I, and I get it. And I'm only at the, I'm only an eight-year-old mother. I only know as much as I know. So I can, I'm only at the very beginning of this journey. And she's much wiser than me. So she understands more than I do. But I think about just like just being able to acknowledge being able to acknowledge when you've hurt your child whether or not you meant to or not and being able to at least have the conversation about it and not sweep it under the rug and just say okay i'm the adult mm-hmm. or i'm the i'm the parent but honestly erica the truth is is like and and to a lot of you listening too is that for a lot of us we have we have consciously evolved emotionally much more than our parents have. Um, I think, you know, we're in a different time. We have access to a lot of, there's a lot of mental health. Com- there's a know. lot more information. There's a lot more. Inf- you have so much, more, so many more options and perspectives to choose and pick from. And, and, you know, some people take it, some people don't. And I'm not saying we're perfect. And we're like, mom, like, no. you know, and, you know, and, and, and mom, you know, a lot more than me. Yeah, <laughs> you and, do. I acknowledge that. But it's also just about, even in the, like I've had to be soft with my mom in times like I wanted to be like bitch, bitch, you know, and like me and my mom have had like a very up and down relationship, and you know like I don't want to be like cursing my mom out. I don't want to be cursed out by my mom. That's not what I expi- aspire for. But you know, a part of it is just recognizing like in ways that she's hasn't developed it's, like emotionally, and it's it's harder for her to say sorry. She's come from parents who probably didn't apologize and she hasn't had to do a lot of apologizing. And so even for me, like apologizing is not my strong point. And so I, I understand her in ways. And I, but I also understand that we are living in a space where we're constantly evaluating ourselves and constantly trying to show up as better versions of ourselves, even if we're not, you know, hitting all the points all the time, Mm -hmm. because a bitch can, go off the go off you know but it is it is very well possible that you as the child can be the shift even if it's gentle just gentle they hear they hear they see they feel she knows she knows she did it she knows what she did she and i think sometimes when you're not competitive and you're not snapping back and you they start to notice that you are reacting differently then they don't have a choice but to also well, follow well, suit well the narrative is that i'm i'm overly sensitive that's always been the that's always been the go-to whenever I have a problem. You're oh, you're so sensitive. You're sensitive. Yeah, you birthed a sensitive child, like you did, and so now you have to deal with it, and now you have to figure out how to parent me, the sensitive child. You know, and I think as parent as as parents, we often don't. We're like, I don't want to deal with that. We'll figure it out. We'll like stop being so sensitive. Like that's just not within my, that's not who I am. I'm a sensitive person. I feel a lot of things and I am considerate. I don't ever want to feel like I'm a burden to anyone. That's oh, it's been extremely challenging for me to ask for help. It's been extremely challenging me for, to ask for help, even for my family. And, and it's just like, you know, knowing these things, it's like, sometimes I feel Sometimes I feel like they're used against me in ways. They are. And instead of just saying, okay, I don't really understand where I, I, that wasn't my intention. Like I would have even accepted that. Like, hey, that, was, I, I didn't mean that wasn't anyway. my intention. If, that was my, if that's how you felt, I'm sorry. That really wasn't. I just wanted you to, to acknowledge, acknowledge right. that you've been gone a lot. And it seems like Irie wants to go home with you tonight. Done. It's simple as that. I'm not really looking for like... I'm so sorry, Erica. Like, you know, I like, and to be coddled, that's not really, that's not the vibe. I know that's not what I'm going to get, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. I just, 
And it's a reminder to me as a parent too to check myself, to check myself now because these are when habits are made. How you parent your child now is ultimately the ha- you're creating habits for how you're going to parent them as an adult as well. And when your kid is grown and doesn't want to fuck with you because now she doesn't have to, you can't be mad. You know, and I'm not even I'm not I'm always gonna fuck with my mom. That's not even that's not it's, this is not that serious at all. But I'm just saying for the mom, for the parents that are listening that maybe have older children that are don't fuck with them or, you know, or you are that kid like these, these are the reasons why it's because we get into these habits of how we treat our children as kids. And then we don't grow from that. We, our motherhood doesn't grow. I mean, and. and- Let's face it, like it's easier to take out things on the people that are closest to us. Absolutely. Because you're comfortable doing that and you know they're always going to love you and they're not going to mm-hmm. they're not going to stop being friends with you. Yeah. They can't. They could. They could. They could. They could. They could and they do. But yeah, but you know. It takes a lot more though. It takes a lot more to cut off, you know, a parent or whatever. So, yeah. <sighs> healing. Mm-hmm. Healing. Healing and motherhood. Well, anyway, guys, um, I love you. I thank you for tuning in to this episode. Thank you in advance for purchasing A Good Mom's Guide to Making Bad Choices, now available everywhere. On Audible, too. Uh, If you like listening to the sound of our voice, then you can also listen to the sound of our voice narrate our book, which I think is really special. special. Yeah, we we did our thing. We put our little little spice on it. It ain't one of them boring-ass audibles that you hear. Um, and if, again, if you're in the New York city area, we are coming to city winery on May 5th. So come out, come up with your girls. It's a, it's a confessions of a good mom tour. So we are confessing a lot. We want you to confess a lot. So make sure you call our hotline. We have a special voice, a special hotline where you can confess anything, like anything. It could be that you don't fuck with your husband or that your husband's dick is terrible or that you know you did something nasty this weekend that's right you can dial us in at 818-213-1287 and confess and we might just share your confession at the show and it can be anonymous just don't say your name (laughs) um also we have a show in dc coming up on may 21st and in no Philly. philly on may 25th and we are really excited to connect with our people again. We had a lot of fun in both of those cities. Um, you know, Philly's my my hometown, so I look forward to, you know, coming back through and saying hi to my peoples um, and having a good jolly old time. So make sure you click the episode description for all this information and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.